Hello, my friend. Welcome to the show. I am thrilled and honored to have you here. Welcome to Dear Matchmaker. I am your host, dating coach and matchmaker, Kat Cantrell. And thanks, because you can be anywhere else. I know you can be anywhere else. There is a plethora of dating podcasts out there, and you've decided to spend a little bit of time with me today. And I have, I wanted to give a little shout out. So as you know, we've changed the format. And anytime that you undergo any kind of change in your life, it's it's uncomfortable. <laughs> when people are like, I love change. We may love the change. We may not love the changes we're going through. We love what change can do for us. But going through it sometimes can be a little uneasy, a little uncomfortable. So when you reach out to me and you're like, hey, uh, giving me these little love notes whether it's uh, a five-star review on Spotify or Apple, or it's you reaching out to me on my DMs. And so I wanted to read what my girl, she is a dating mama. She's in her forties. She's in Wisconsin. I just adore her to pieces. And she just sent me this message and I have to read it to you. She put, love the new format of the show. So, so good. You are so great in how you share your wisdom and thoughts. Seriously, Kat, it's working. Well done. No, you well done. Because here's the thing. You're taking what I'm sharing with you and you're implementing. That's the hard part. Listening is the easy part. We all know this. When we listen, it's super easy. We're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But when we actually implement it into our lives, oh, my gosh, that can be really challenging. And so you well done. <laughs> you well done. I, I'm so proud when you reach out to me and you tell me that you are implementing these strategies into your life, whether it's dating, whether it's love or letting love in or loving yourself. I feel like my work is done because this podcast truly is a labor of love and I just want to make an impact and I want to help make you make it easier for you. I want to take all of the strategies and things that I've learned from coaching women in my own dating adventures and help you create clarity quicker. So thank you again. And if you haven't, and you've been listening to the show for a while, do you mind leaving me a review or even just a five star on Spotify? You just go up at the little corner and just click the little five star or on Apple, you can just rate or you can review it. It would mean the world to me. So thank you all so much for being here. I have brought four new questions to you today, my friend, four new questions. And again, if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, I really have a question for Kat, it's anonymous. You can go to my website, theheartagency.com and the contact us form up at the top and you can just fill out your question and just send it in because I want to help you. And I want to help others because I bet, and I know I say this over and over again, I'm sure that the questions that you have are ones that can really help other singles. We're all, I'm all about building communities. This is why I create events. This is why I'm a matchmaker. I'm all about bringing people together. And I want to use this podcast as a way to bring us all together. So as a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by The Heart Agency, my agency, which offers matchmaking, dating coaching, seminars, singles events, and so much more. So if you want more information about my services, you can go to theheartagency.com and enter our database. I'm looking for amazing eligible singles to be part of my database for free so I can set you up. You want to be set up on a date by me? Yeah, I would want to be set up by a date by me because I make it. 
super cool for you. So check it out. If you haven't checked it out yet, make sure and go to theheartagency.com. All right. You know, if I'm rubbing my hands together, it's about, it's about, it's go time. That's where we're going. All right. So we're going to go and dive into question number one. (laughs) Here we go. Dear matchmaker, all my friends say I'm too picky. How can I tell? Picky Patty. This, mm, I have a lot of questions about this question. (laughs) How can you tell if you're too picky? Here's, Here's what I do with my clients. Whether you're matchmaking, whether I'm helping you with dating and navigating through the dating world, I think you sitting down with yourself and listing what you're truly seeking for in someone. Because it depends on what you're picky about. I did a whole episode about not settling and being too picky. I wish that I could tell you how many episodes ago ago it was, but if you haven't checked that out, please go check it out. If your friends are telling you that you're too picky, you might want to sit back and ask them why. So that's the first thing I would do. I would ask them, why do you think I'm being too picky? Because even though I tell you, oh, your friends might not know the answers, if this is a common thing where people are telling you that you're too picky, I would ask them why. Why do you think I'm being too picky? And really sitting down with yourself and saying, okay, listening, so asking the question and then listening, okay, why am I being too picky? Or what am I not seeing that you're seeing? Because that can happen. This is part of a coach's job is to help you see things the way from the outside in. And then sit down with yourself and really look and make a list. I do this with everyone. Make a list. What are you really looking for in someone? And I know that one of the things that I that I tell my clients is, it's like you're house shopping and the housing market's crazy right now, right? So you're house shopping and you go into the perfect house, but the wall, you don't like the wallpaper. And so you won't purchase the home because you don't like the wallpaper versus going into the home and looking at the wallpaper and saying, Hey, I can, I can deal with that. I can change that wallpaper. Not saying that you're supposed to change someone, but you get it, right? You get it. So number one, ask your friends what you're not seeing. Why do you think I'm being too picky? Number two, sit down with yourself and make a list. What am I truly looking for in someone? And make this list accessible. What am I looking for with someone? That's number one. Number two, what are my non-negotiables? And it's the non-negotiables that really, this this equates to what you're being too picky about because we all have non-negotiables. So an example of non-negotiable is um, I wouldn't date someone who has kids or I would date someone who doesn't smoke. These are kind of like life altering changes and lifestyle changes or lifestyle decisions that people have made. And you, you know that you don't want that in your life. So those are very strict, very common non-negotiables. And then decide too, where is it gray? And you might not know where the gray area is until you actually meet that person, right? But list what you want and then list what you absolutely do not want and then sit with that list. Because if you're saying to yourself that you're looking for a unicorn, then you're going to be looking for a unicorn. You will be single forever. If you're putting out there that I'm trying to find one of a kind or finding the one, that kind of language 
then most likely you are being too picky. I'm going to call you out. You are being too picky. You're not negotiating. You're not compromising. And you will not find someone. So this is really common the older we get because we get set in our ways and it, it becomes more and more uncomfortable to have to adjust our own life and adjust our own lifestyle, especially if you've been single for a long time. This was something that I went through with Brian because I was single for so long. And then when Brian moved in, there was some like, I remember saying to myself, oh my gosh, I haven't lived with someone in so long. So there was like, there's some negotiation. There's some compromises that happen there. So if you're saying to yourself that if you're looking for a unicorn, then you are. That mindset has to change. Looking for a unicorn, looking for the one, that mindset has to change. And these are all things that I work with with my clients. So that's the strategy. Look at your non-negotiables and maybe share your non-negotiables with a friend and say, are these being too picky? <laughs> Am I being too picky? Or contact me and I can help you walk through it. Because I bet it's not that you're being too picky. I think there's a difference between being selective, right? And knowing your worth, knowing what you deserve, knowing what you're, what you are really wanting in your life versus being super picky and, and not liking a house because the wallpaper. Okay. So that's, hopefully that helps. Hopefully that helps. All right. Question number two. Dear matchmaker, I find friends, I, excuse me, I make friends easily, but don't feel that spark with many people. How can I find someone that I'm excited about? Signed, sparkless. Oh, the whole spark thing. I tell you, the more and more research that I'm doing about chemistry and about finding that spark, the more that I'm realizing that the spark is actually a sign of anxiety or a sign of being obsessed with someone. So true love, true love is a place where you should feel safe and secure. And I just did a presentation about attachment theory uh, to actually a corporate group, um, an intrapreneur intra, intra cohort yesterday. And when I was, when I was doing the research and I was presenting about attachment theory, attachment styles, I came across this quote and I actually put it on my Instagram where if you are in a position to where that spark is there and you find yourself baiting and waiting for that next call, waiting to get that next contact with that person, having anxiety about it, almost to the point where you're obsessing about it, then that is a huge red flag, huge red flag. Because what's happening is when someone is sparking something inside of you, most likely it's your attachment that's being engaged. And this usually happens with those that are anxious, anxious attachment style. So when someone is aloof or someone is pulling away or someone you those with anxious attachment styles are really attached to those who are avoidant because they admire their independence. They admire somewhat of their aloofness. They're, they admire their dedication to work. They admire the, the, their independence and their self-sufficiency. They have something that the anxious doesn't have because the anxious puts so much weight and um, 
credibility and so much uh, of their worth based off of being in a relationship. And so when they are being sparked, meaning there's something about that person that's sparking something inside of them that usually means that their attachment system is engaged and they become obsessed about the relationship. They can't wait to see them again. It becomes almost like a passionate love. And honestly, there was a, there's a quote from this other book about passionate love. Okay, I actually found it. It's actually in the book Attached. And I wanted to read this to you because I feel like this whole um, idea about chemistry and bells going off and spark happens more with those that have had anxious attachment styles. And so I wanted to read this to you really quick. So it's just basically what I just said. And it says, as a result, your attachment system remains relatively calm. This is when you meet someone um, secure. So you meet someone, your attachment system remains calm. Because you are used to equating an activated attachment system with love, you conclude that this can't be the one because there's no bells going off. You associate a calm attachment system with boredom and indifference. Because of this fallacy, you might let the perfect partner pass you by. Oh my gosh. So I would sit down if I were you that considering on, on again, why you can't find someone that you're excited about, I want you to kind of figure out what does that mean to you? Cause a lot of this is, I wish that I could give you just a straight answer. And a lot of this is introspective. Like you have to sit down with yourself and say, what am I looking for? What, what, what equates to excited? Like what exactly does that mean to you? Because if that means bells and whistles and you're feeling you're wanting to lunge towards them and grab onto them and you're feeling anxious about them, and you come obsessed with them, then that's a no. If those are your bells, that's not a bell. That's a warning sign. That's a huge warning sign. And I know I've talked about this before in the past. So sit down with yourself and say to yourself, okay, you're making a lot of friends. Maybe you've had these friends where they, just like the book said, maybe these are the secure partners that you've just put them into the friend zone because they were too cozy or they were safe. And that's how, that's how love is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be topsy-turvy, turn your everything upside down on your head. That's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be safe and secure. That's why they call it the, the secure attachment style, right? It's supposed to be safe and secure. So that I would ask you a pushback to you. I want to ask you what excitement means to you. What does it mean to have the spark going off and really sit down with yourself and have that discussion? All right, here we go. We're moving on. This one's going to be short and sweet. So number three, dear matchmaker, how do I approach a woman who is with a group of friends? Signed, anxiety to approach, <laughs> anxious to approach. <laughs> you don't. You don't, my friend. Um, for me, uh, I advise men to me, it's a no win situation coming from a woman's perspective, unless you're, if you're trying to like be that alpha male and you have something to prove, but the men that are, that are coming into the agency are not like this. If you have an, if you're an alpha male, then this is, you probably like the whole alpha male perspective, not alpha male as a person, but like the whole like ideology behind it then yeah, you don't, you would do that anyway. If you're really wanting, if you're getting someone's attention in a group and you feel like you're making eye contact with her and you feel that there could be a possible connection with the two of you, then I would do something to try to pull her away. 
if you have, I mean, if you decide to be brave enough to do that and you can pull her away in a variety of different ways, you can come over and ask her and you could be like, Hey, can I ask you something? Can you come over here if you want to? But I would wait until maybe possibly she goes to the bar by herself or she, she separates herself from the group because to me, it's just really not, it's just really not a good idea because the goal is that we want to create an environment for you to where you feel you have enough, you feel confident enough to approach her and by approaching someone in a group is not, is not a good way to start. So I would just tell you not to do that unless she goes to the bar by herself or she like makes it, makes it known to you that she's interested in you, then I would absolutely approach, but only if she separates from the group, because other than that, I got you, my friend, I just would not do it. Okay. Here we go. Question number four, last question of Dear Matchmaker. What do I do when I feel like the guys my age can't keep up with me? <laughs> it feels like older guys want younger women and I'm stuck. Signed, young at heart. Oh, gosh. This is actually a common question that I have with older women who I'm having these incredible conversations with where they don't feel that they're they're their age. And sometimes they'll even lie on their online dating profile in hopes to attract men who are younger, meaning that the more youthful. Again, I would probably push back and ask, like, are you involved in things in your community to where your type of lifestyle would also you would run into someone who possibly could be within your age range and who would have the same lifestyle as you. You're not going to find it online, most likely. I mean, possibly, but again, like I feel that, you know, the biggest demographic that has the most correspondence is women in their 20s and 30s online. So when you get to the 40s and 50s, it does become a little bit more of a struggle. Absolutely, 100%. And I can hear you on that. But to lie on your profile is not the solution to lie in real life is not the solution because when you lie about your age, then other people are going to worry about what else you're going to be lying about, right? So if I were you, I would skip online dating and get involved in things that I know this is like, I'm a broken record, you guys. I know I say this a lot, but it's so true. Find things in your community that you know that like-minded people possibly within your age range would be involved with. Is there a meetup group that says like 40s and 50s? Is there, um, what What are your hobbies? What do you like to do? You like to go hike? Do you like to uh, go to live music? Do you, I would really immerse yourself in your community and do the things that you love doing because you're going to bump into people who are also, because I hear this a lot from a lot of older people saying, I don't look my age. I don't feel my age. I don't act my age. Well, then get out there. Online dating is only just a resource. It's not the end all be all of finding someone. So if you're spunky and you're youthful and you feel that you keep running into people that are your own age online or even in real life, take a step back and say, what do I really want to get involved with? And how am I going to find someone that's like-minded like me to where we have the same type of lifestyles? Because that's really what you're looking for. It's not the age necessarily. It's that you're looking for someone who has the same type of lifestyle, who's willing to go out, who's willing to do these things. So by attracting that, you have to do that. <laughs> you have to live it in order to attract it. So I would challenge you to tell you to get back out into the community, to find things that make you 
super happy, full of joy that create uh, amazing opportunities in your life. And I would get out and do that. Okay. All right. So hopefully, hopefully those questions helped you today on our episode of Dear Matchmaker. And uh, I love having your questions. So keep submitting them. I want to keep hearing them. And I want to love to keep reading them to you here uh, on Dear Matchmaker. So you can always go to theheartagency.com and up at the top it says contact us. Or you can go to Instagram and go up to my link tree in my bio. You can click on that. There's a little form right there that you could just fill right out right there, right on my Instagram. So go and check it out. And speaking of... If you uh, are watching on YouTube, hello, 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 please make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and click the bell. So every time there's a new episode that you are the first to know. And if you are listening on Spotify or Apple or any of any of those device, any of those uh, wonderful streaming platforms, please make sure to rate and review this episode because I always love to hear from you. And Apple and Spotify appreciate it and they'll deliver it to more people because one of my goals is to hopefully get sponsors on the show. So share, share, share away and make sure and rate and review. And if you're watching on, or excuse me, hmm, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, please come follow me at Kat Cantrell. All right, my love. Hopefully these questions shed some light on some on some issues that you're having in your dating life, in your love life. And again, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, true love is waiting for you. And I will see you next time. <laughs>